0: Welcome to the Westeros Media Podcast, Lessons from the Ashes. We are here to tell the Phoenix Rising stories, coming up from the ashes to build businesses, to build personal brands, to parent, coming out, all of it. The stories of those who came from nothing and did great things, We all have a Phoenix Rising story, and I can't wait to hear yours. Join me every week for new podcast episodes. And of course, make sure you follow the show so that you never miss an episode. See you soon. Welcome back to Lessons from the Ashes, a Westrose Media podcast. I am so, so excited for a brand new guest who is new to the Westrose Media world and here to talk to us a little bit about human design and her stories. So, Betsy, welcome. I am so glad you're here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm excited. Um, we connected on Instagram a little while ago and I'm just, I've been waiting for this conversation because I've been really curious about human design. And also I just, you know, some of these things, they really baffle me. Like I was talking to the Wild Sky sisters last week and all of the stuff that they do. I'm like, very cool. I don't really understand it, but this is why I love to talk to people who no, know it because then yeah. I just get to learn about it. And it's really, really cool. Totally. And I'm A little yeah. selfish, but that's okay. So the <laughs> on theme. of us all. I know, right? It's my podcast. I get to do it. So the theme of the podcast is lessons from the ashes. So we always talk first about a story, a time, something when you came from burning it all down, rising from the ashes. And of course, everybody has multiples of these stories. So I would love to hear one of yours and no, you don't have to be fully risen to tell the story (laughs) because we're all in different
1: stages of this. So We all ever get to fully risen. I don't know. I don't know know if I believe there's a there there. I I don't, I don't know either. So would you tell us some of your story? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, Hey listeners, I'm Betsy Batista and I work with human design and EFT and, um, I've been doing this work since 2018, and I love it so much. I'm so passionate about it, and I've had the pleasure of working with hundreds of clients from all over the world and teaching, and it's just a real joy to to talk about this today with you. So, yeah, you know, I think we do all have multiples, and I, I love that you acknowledge that because... Um, one of the things that you get from the context of, well, astrology, especially, but human design too, is that we go through these life cycles, these like maturation points in our design, where we'll go through a cycle of disruption. And it's, it's really about leveling up into the next stage of our own personal and spiritual evolution. But a lot of times that comes with challenge and things falling apart. And then it's through how we grow through that, that we reach the next stage and the next level of being more of who we are and our life becoming more authentic each time. And so we, we kind of go through this every decade from the time we hit like 30 <laughs> until we're like 70, 80, which is super fun. So anyway, my my very first big one that um, that I had was actually at 28, right at the time of my Saturn return. And I was diagnosed with cancer four months after having my first child. And it's a weird thing to come face to face with your mortality when you're 28. You know, you don't think that yeah. that's something that you're going to have to do. And um it really... The way that I was navigating that situation and the choices that I made were um, non-traditional. I'll say I kind of chose a unique path of like combining holistic and also allopathic roots to my own healing and playing a lot with diet and different types of medicine and also like self-hypnosis and biofeedback and the power of the mind and I really played with all kinds of things. And it's really weird because I actually joke looking back that I think I was actually healthier when I was like going through chemo and had cancer than I was before, or maybe even have been since, to be honest, but it's because I was being so deliberate about how I was showing up and because I had to be, it was like literally life or death to do it. And I was looking at my four month old in the face, like I'm not going to miss out on her whole life. You know, I, I won't do it. It wasn't even an option. Um, but that was actually the life experience that brought me to human design. And, um, and it's interesting, I'm actually in the midst of another kind of Phoenix rising moment in my life right now, you know, my whole life kind of, I I heard that this happened for a lot of people in 2023, that like, (laughs) this was a year where like, a lot of things fell apart for a lot of people. So hey, if that's you too, you're not alone. Um, But yeah, my whole life kind of fell apart at the beginning of the year. And I'm I've had to pivot quite a bit, but I, I already in just, you know, like eight, nine months feel more authentically myself than I have in my entire life. And I know there's probably just more of that to come. So yeah, it's a journey. Such, such a journey.
0: So can you tell us a little bit like that first Phoenix rising, when you got this diagnosis and you had like a little baby, like what you say, yeah, I did all these things. Like, how did you did you first panic and then start researching? Like you, oh, you made absolutely. it sound very elegant. I'd love to hear oh, it some was. more. I had
1: no struggle. Everything <sighs> was great through the whole process. Nothing was wrong. <laughs> no. And I think that's the problem when we talk about things retrospectively after we're uh, been on the other, I've been on the other side of it for like a decade now. Right. Yeah. So I can talk about it like that now, but no, it was, it was full of angst and it was full of, um, there was a lot of fear. There was. And, and fear of making the wrong choices. And you know, mm-hmm. I think I think this is one of those areas where human design in particular is I've found so applicable for people in their lives, is it really the even the very foundational level of it introduces you to how you're uniquely designed to make decisions. And when I look back at that time where I was diagnosed, it was like I had a lot of decisions to make about yeah. No, what was I going to do? What treatment plan was I going to follow? Where was I going to get treatment? Which doctors was I going to trust? How was I going to eat? How was I going to live? How was I going to work? I mean, these are like, it's the minutia of our day-to-day life. We're making choices constantly, right? And I think that a lot of the agony that people feel when they're going through a big disruption is like, God, what do I do? And how do I know if I'm making the right choice? And what happens if I make the wrong one? And yeah, We're in tune with ourselves and we can just kind of do the next right thing. I think that's the key when we're in the midst of a big life shakeup is like, don't think about what's going to happen a week, a month, a year from now, do the next right thing. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other, focusing on the next right choice. And at some point you're going to look back a hundred choices down the line and be like, oh my God, look how far I've come. I didn't even notice that I walked that far, but here we are. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so true. And I think like when a big thing happens, like a diagnosis, then it like slaps us in the face, but really every day we're making these decisions that are going to lead us somewhere, right. Whether that, you know, leads us in a good path, a bad path, not that there's good and bad, but every single thing that we do leads us in one of these directions. I I've been thinking about that so much lately, like how, like I'm just obsessed with like habits and how those shape your life because yeah. those are like the things you do every single day. Those are the real things. Like people are always like, I have this huge goal. I'm like, cool, but what do you do every day? And they're like, that doesn't matter. I'm like, oh, but it does. Like it
1: really does. <laughs> every single
0: things and the things you do every single day are, those are the big things. And, oh, you're just hearing about that. So was there stuff that you changed in your like life and diet that you still do? Or was it just like a get through this period and then back to normal programming?
1: That's such a good question. Um, I was really intensive about it while I was in treatment, um, Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. Um, (laughs) and you know, I, I changed everything. It was like, I had a regular spiritual practice. I, I mean, I went completely like swung the pendulum all the way, the other way, you know, I went vegan, I went, you know, all the things. And then I found that actually that wasn't fully healthy for me either. And I started adding back in some more animal, like I I adjusted as I went. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where I was saying like, I, and I guess now that I look back on it, I was following my human design strategy by responding to each thing. It was like, I would do something and then something would happen and I would respond and, you know, at each step along the way. And then after I was in remission and declared cured and whatever, I mean, I think I, I definitely slowly backslid, you know, it was like, okay, give me all the things that I've been like restricted from eating for this long or, you know, and slowly my spiritual practice kind of, it wasn't every day, it was every few days. And then it was once a week and, you know, it kind of tapered off. And, and, and that's actually something that I've grappled with a lot in the years since is like, a lot of times it's when we're under the wire and when we're kind of pushed up against a wall that we're forced into making these big life changes that are really transformative. And then how do we maintain the things that we learn in the long term? And I don't always think that's so easy. And I've heard, um, I know you've been documenting like a, a training journey on your, your Instagram and things like that. I have a friend who like entered a bodybuilding competition a number of years ago, and she was like very regimented about what she was eating and her exercise routine and, you know, all the things. And then she got to her goal and then it all just went away. And I've heard her kind of talking about that too on her platforms of like, man, I felt so good when I was doing these things, when I had this goal. Right. And now Mm -hmm. that I don't have the goal anymore, I'm not as disciplined about it or I'm not as intentional about it. And so that's actually a topic I've been thinking about a lot myself too, is like, how do we carry forward the less, the things we learned from those experiences And translate them into what's a regular practice and how maybe I don't need to be as intense about it as I was in the fires, as it were. But how do I still keep the things that I learned and that were good for me in maybe a more moderate way? I don't know.
0: Oh, I really like that because I think about it now. Like when I was in the midst of like breaking down my marriage and rebuilding our family and like getting divorced, and like I had to learn everything again. Like I got married when I was like, practically a baby so I had to like learn how to like do money on my own and do a house on my own and like parent on my own and change all of this stuff while my kids were still growing and I was still changing and it was coming out so like every single thing I was like do I actually like this do I not like everything like food clothes everything and I felt like so many things were changing and then as soon as I got kind of quote-unquote past it all of a sudden I was like oh so like am I fixed now like is everything good now like right. can I arrive Can I just sit back and, and then all of the things I wanted didn't fall in my lap. And I got actually kind of pissed off. Mm
1: -hmm. And then I almost
0: had like another little rebirth where I had to be like, oh wait, okay. So I did the hard thing, but that doesn't mean I'm off the hook for the rest of my life. And then I had to like, get back into what was happening. And now I'm like starting to pick those things again, like what actually matters. And it's been really hard and like quite an intense thing that I've just been like, okay, so I really, really loved how much drive and how much energy I had during that time, but it's not sustainable. Like I was also was in like crisis mode a lot. Right. Right. And now like trying to like access some of that drive without like putting myself into peril. (laughs) It's hard
1: because you almost get addicted to the drama of it. Yeah. And the adrenaline rush a hundred percent you know, it's interesting as you're talking, because I'm thinking about the comparison between like what I went through when I was 28 and what I'm going through now a decade later. Right. And I mean, back then, like I said, it was a life or death health situation. Like I did what I did because if I didn't, I was literally not going to be here anymore to make any additional choices. Like that was what I had to do. And what's interesting about the part of my life that I'm in now. And, you know, I'm at a moment in my life where like I too, similar to what you just described, you know, I've, I've come out this year and I'm in the process of getting divorced and my I my whole like work and career changed at the beginning of the year where the the role that I had been in for the last like 5 years I moved on from that and I pivoted into instead of this, you know, business of my own being this like side hustle now I'm putting all my attention and energy into it and it literally was the like everything. Mm-hmm. But now it's like these are choices I'm making. Like my back's not up against a wall where it's like if I don't do this I'm going to physically die. I'm like every choice I'm making is bringing me more towards being my authentic self and I'm choosing those things every single day and in a weird way, there's almost like more stress and pressure when you're choosing it for yourself because there's like a deliberate like I'm choosing to relearn. I could have chosen to stay over there, so could you. You could have chosen, if you had wanted, to stay in the life that you were in indefinitely and just gone through the paces and played the role you were given and gotten to some end point that would have marked success, but you wouldn't have been you. Right? Yeah. And at some point you chose yourself. And it's hard to choose yourself. There's, oh, yeah. it, it's a different kind of crisis. And then when you get out of that initial, like, oh my God, everything is burning around me. And you're kind of looking around and like surveying the damage. You're like, okay, how do I rebuild this now into something that feels more like me? And there's absolutely that part of like, oh, I just want to be through the hard bit. Yeah. And get to the part where, like everything is fine now. you know, yeah. like, can I just skip this part? I think Kelly Clarkson has a song about, can yeah. I just skip this part from her like divorce album? And I'm like, right? I resonate with that so hard, you know, But it's literally through. and it's funny because in the human design chart, and we can get more into this later, but like, it's a system of archetypes. So like, struggle in the human design chart, the purpose of it of struggle and challenge is about teaching us what's really meaningful and what mm. we're willing to fight. Oh, uh, yeah. And we're kind of in one of those moments collectively. Like if you look around all of the from COVID to the like global, you know, disruption politically and, you know, between just everything when we look at challenge on this kind of a scale, it puts things into perspective for you real quick about like what matters. I think COVID was one of those collective moments where we were like, oh, I thought I cared about these 10 things, but actually I just want to be able to hug my loved ones. I just want to have my health. I just want to be able to like go outside and send my kids to school. You know, like it really shows you like, oh, these are the things that are actually meaningful to me. And these are the things that when I know they matter and have a value on them, that I'm willing to stand up and fight for them. And we're all kind of being put in that position. And we go through those cycles in our personal lives too, of like, you know, I'm, when you see what's really meaningful about being fully yourself, being fully self-expressed, receiving the kind of love that you want to receive, being the person that, you know, you are and where like, that integrates your insides and your outsides, like, you know, that's a, that's a whole journey of teaching you like what really matters and being willing to stand up and fight for it. And it's through that challenge of figuring it out, of having to relearn everything and relearn who you are in the context of this new reality. that then again, like you get through it into the other side and you look back and you're like, wow, that was really hard, but that was so worth it. Right? Like ideally at the end, you say that was so worth it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love this. And also like the end point shifts too. like, I think uh, about that now, like the thing that got me through wanting to burn down my life was like, someday I'm going to have like this, like a, a love, like Taylor Swift sings about, you know, or Taylor Swift herself, either, or I will take either. Um, <laughs> <listening>, she's, <laughs> she's slightly occupied at the moment. It won't last. Don't worry. Reputation is coming out. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> So many people are going to come at me about that. Uh, okay. They are. Oh no. I don't even <laughs> this is
1: care. It's a divisive topic. Amongst right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, but like my whole goal was to like find that partner and have that love. And now that's not my goal at all anymore. I'm like, oh, the love I was looking for was me, which sounds so cliche, but it is so
1: true.
0: like, I don't like, I'm like dating. I'm happily in my single hot girl era and like really enjoying it. But I am not like desperately looking for somebody to complete me. And it's so interesting because I thought when I was like in like the hardest part, I was like, that was the only thing I could look at. It was like this huge storm around me. And it was the guiding North star. And it was the only thing I can look at. And now that I'm through that hard part, I'm like, oh, that's not actually like, if that happens, great. But if it doesn't, I still got what I wanted, but better. And it's
1: such a cool thing to like figure out. And you know what? I've talked to so many people, again, because this is the context of the journey I'm personally on right now. I've talked to so many people about like that being the greatest gift of the coming out journey. If that's a journey you're on is falling in love with yourself, maybe for the first time, like coming Mm -hmm. to really love, be able to love and accept who you are and feel what it feels like for other people to love and accept the true you. And, you know, it. Maybe it is cliche, but some cliches exist for a reason. You know, right? it's like at the end of the day, like your core relationship beyond all relationships is with yourself. Yeah. Like the day you're born till the day you are, you till, till the day you are, till the day you die. <laughs> well, you've got you, you've got yourself, yeah. and other people come in and out in different contexts. And, you know, you have long relationships and short relationships, but you've got you forever. And it's like, what's your relationship with yourself?
0: Yeah. And I think so many people skip past it. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or they just, they want someone else to fix them. And I'm like, no dude, like I, I want to be happy on my own. And like, when people are like, oh, I just, I want someone who needs me. I'm like, I want the opposite. Maybe it's because I have so many kids, but I'm like, I want someone You're who just- You've got plenty of
1: people who need you already. Right?
0: <laughs> I want someone who just wants me. I want someone who's just like, hey, I saw a funny thing and I thought of you, or, hey, do you want to come over to my house? Or, you know, like I want, just yeah. like someone who's like, they're fine on their own. They're not going to fucking lose their shit if I say, no, I'm tired, you know? But I just, it's so interesting how things change like that. Because I thought for sure, I was like, I need someone who completes me.
1: Yeah. You know, well, I need all taught. of these things. Yeah, it's true. So we're taught relationships are. But there's, there's a real power in that of someone being like, you know what? I don't actually need you. If you weren't here, I'd be okay. But yeah. I want you around. You make my life better because you're- Yeah, yeah. You, there's power in that, and sometimes right? people think it's less than they're like, No, if someone doesn't really need you, then it's not oh. real love. And it's like, Actually, that sounds like codependency. To me yeah, that bit. sounds
0: terrible. It's like chocolate cake, I don't need it to survive, but oh my god, my uh, life is
1: better because of chocolate
0: cake. Are you sure?
1: I don't know. Chocolate cake is pretty good. <laughs> okay, so I
0: did like, I don't lie to my children often, but I did tell them that if you don't eat enough cake, then your period won't come and your period will be late, so we have to eat enough cake because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I See, these was are we so grumpy like, with PMS, depth, yeah, I, Right. I to like lead them astray in life. I just want my cake. Like, just let me. It's it. a little bit science because your period can be late
0: if you're stressed out. So I'm just going on the pseudoscience, but like literally my kids are like, we should make a cake. Mom's really grumpy. I'm like, right. And they're oh like, okay, God. like, let's get a cake so that mom can get through this part and back to happy mom. I'm like, yes, this let's do it. I've ever
1: heard. I might have to take this one. I mean, I might write a
0: parenting book based on making cake. I don't know. I think you should public
1: it, it, publish in a scientific journal personally. I think, I think it's science. It for sure is
0: science. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so we've like touched on human design a little bit, but um, so I really because I put out on my Instagram I was like, I want to talk to somebody about human design. And then I got connected with you to talk about it. And so like, the reason I did that is because I like looked into it briefly and then I saw that my type, that's what we call them, right? Is a projector, which if you look at it, it's kind of like, it's funny because I'm a projector and a Libra because to me, they like herald the same in that like, everyone's like, oh my God, like roll your eyes at this shit. So it's like, so I'm like, it like, when you look at the projector thing, the, like the big, like generalizations are like, Oh, they need lots of naps. And they like, you know, like can't work like other people. And that made me so angry at first. Cause I was like, no, like I am a boss bitch. I want to like get shit done. Yeah. And then I looked a little more and I was like, okay, so maybe there's other things about it, but can you just like recap a little bit of like the human design stuff? And also like, why does it matter?
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. So for anyone who hasn't heard of human design before, and I, I think it's grown in awareness and popularity over the last few years, it's like all of a sudden, people like all start talking about human design. But
0: yeah. if you have
1: heard of what it is, it essentially combines five different esoteric systems into one kind of overarching umbrella. It's like a personality assessment, kind of like you know Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, like any of those that helps you kind of get to know your true self better but it integrates a bunch of different ancient systems to do so. So it synthesizes um, Western astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu chakra system, uh, the Judaic Kabbalah and quantum physics. And if I had a visual on me, I could show you how all those things integrate, but essentially those are all different systems of archetypes that will essentially give you an energy blueprint for how you're designed to function. What are your energy needs? What are the kind of themes that you might live or play out in your life? um, their life purpose. You can find life purpose in the chart, relationally energy dynamics in relationships. I've found human design to be really, really helpful in the context of uh, family dynamics, to be totally honest. Mm. Um, it can really point out the areas where maybe we were conditioned to be a certain way that was inauthentic for us and then to support us in deconditioning so that we can be more of who we are. Um, And so at the foundational level of human design, the very kind of first layer that I teach and that people often come across, similar to like in astrology, they'll say, what's your sun sign, right? In human design, it's what's your type. And so you mentioned that you're a projector. I am a generator. There are five types in the human design system. I think that where people get into trouble with any of these systems, whether it's astrology, Enneagram, human design is a couple of different places number one when you look at it and you're like there is this like prescriptive you know description and you paint like a sweeping thing with a broad brush and overgeneralize, and it's like now you're telling people you're basically putting people in another box when the Mm -hmm. system is essentially supposed to break you out of the box and help you understand your uniqueness and how you are uniquely designed to function so you know the things you mentioned about like oh projectors are always tired and don't have any energy and they can't work this way or that way it's like there's nothing about your design that should ever tell you you can't do anything like every type every person no matter what their configuration can live the fullest biggest life possible there's nothing you can't do it's just that when you understand if you're trying to live outside of the way your energy is naturally designed to function you're gonna push too far you're gonna burn out you're gonna be you know trying to be somebody you're not and so the chart is essentially supposed to be here as almost this guide to help you back to yourself so to speak so like I, I'm very frequently talking to projectors and kind of dispelling this myth that like you don't have any energy as a projector by nature. And it's like, it's not true. It's just that your energy functions differently than maybe the way society tells us you're supposed to, which is hustle, 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 do all the time, never sleep. Like if you're not up trying to make something happen, you know, you're lazy and a loser and 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 no one is designed to function like that. Like, Honestly, and I I think you're hearing a lot more about that in kind of cultural circles now with people being like, guys, we need to stop with this whole hustle culture thing because it's not healthy. (laughs) And I think projectors a lot of times are kind of at the forefront of that because your body won't let you. Like at a certain point, a lot of projectors when they're in their like late 30s, early 40s, if you haven't figured out sustainable cycles of your energy, you're going to hit a massive cycle of burnout. You just are because- with the nature of how your energy functions, you can't sustain something like that. And then you have to heal from the burnout and rebuild again to figure out, okay, how do I build my life sustainably? So you can be a badass boss bitch as a projector. And actually, I would say that that's an excellent description because projectors are here to guide and manage others. The whole role of a projector is you understand on a deep innate level, how life can function, like the highest potential for humanity and other people around you. I'm guessing as a coach that when you work with people, you can see things about other people and the structures of their life and how they function that maybe they can't see in themselves. And so as they invite you to guide them, and that's the key for projectors is you need to be invited to share your wisdom in order to have the impact you want to make. But when you're invited to share your wisdom, you are able to support people in optimizing and living into the fullest potential of their life. That sounds pretty boss bitch to me. You know what I mean? That's, that does, yeah, I, yeah. I will take it's that It's just on. that like, maybe you're not designed to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to sleep at midnight every night and be hustling from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep. Like you, the whole thing about projector energy is you just need to find sustainable cycles that work for you. Times to take breaks, times to take a rest. So you're not pushing, pushing, pushing all the time. And, um, and that's it. It's going to look different for different people. I have actually found a lot of my projector friends and clients do really well as entrepreneurs because they can make their own schedule. They can set their own time frames. They don't have anyone telling them they have to be in the office from this time to this time. And I know a lot of projectors who actually like get up at like nine o'clock and they t- take like an hour and a half to like do their yoga and their meditation and work out. And they start their work day at like 1030. And they work until 2.30 or 3, but they get more done in those, like, four hours than someone who's working an eight to six in an office. They're like, just watch me. Like, when my energy is aligned and when I'm feeling vital and energized, I am efficient. I've got this. Like, I don't need an eight-hour workday. I can do someone else's eight-hour workday and a four-hour workday and then go enjoy my life. And frankly, that sounds better to me. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: I have noticed that like when I'm tired, I am so inefficient. Like it's like, yeah. I am way better. If I have three hours and I'm tired, I'm better off to go do literally anything else for two of those hours. And then I'll get more done in that one hour than if I would have just pushed through for those like three hours.
1: Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So your type, you know, in human, in the human design system, one of the biggest gifts of it is that it teaches you what your decision-making strategy is. And again, it's that it's that kind of magic key of like each little choice builds on the other one to really influence the direction of your life. You know? So if you know how you're aligned to make decisions, it can just really help guide you along the best path possible. And I think that that's actually where, for me, this latest cycle of disruption has gotten me even deeper in touch with my human design because uh, as a generator, I'm designed to respond on like a gut level to the world around me and to allow that gut knowing to guide my decisions and not like appear from my head. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, I feel like the gut knowing about, you know, my sexuality at the beginning of this year, it was like, oh, I thought I knew what it felt like to really know something in my gut. But now I think I actually really know how my like sacral gut knowing functions on like, a level that I never knew it before. I can't unknow what I know now, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it was like, it actually got me back in touch on a deeper level with my own sacral gut knowing and my own strategy. And I now on a much deeper level, understand what it feels like to be responding out in the world to what's right for me. And I think that happens for people as they get in touch with human design. It's like you start on the path and you start learning about things and some things are going to resonate with you and some things aren't. And As you go and you start seeing all of the ways that you're like, oh my God, wait, the person that I always thought I was, it was always okay to be that person. There were gifts involved with being that person. All the ways that I thought or was told I shouldn't be certain ways are actually like the gifts of my life. Wait a second. This is revolutionary. And you start like letting go of those beliefs that you inherited that told you you shouldn't be who you are and you start getting in touch with how you make decisions. And this is multi-layered, right? Because it's a complex system, because it integrates all these different layers. Type is just one of them. But the deeper you go into it, and the more time you start working with it, and then you start seeing how these different themes are playing out in a tangible way in your life, because you have to take it from being conceptual into your lived experience, or else it just is this, you know, ideological thing. But I have found human design to be the most applicable system that I've worked with. And I've done my astrology. I've done my Enneagram. I've done my strengths finder. You know, I, I think we all have this deep desire on some level to really know ourselves, you know, and to know who and how we're designed to function in the world. And so this is just one of those tools, but I've found it to be a really effective one. So.
0: Oh, I really like that. And when you were talking about like knowing like knowing yourself and then being able to like listen to your body. I think that's so much of something that I learned too with coming out is because I was pretending on so many levels, like my core thing, I had to fake, you know, or change or mask. And so everything on top of that, every layer on top of that, of like my personality or my choices wasn't quite right because the core wasn't quite right. So then it's when I had to peel part of that off. I felt so, I think that's when you come out, you feel so discombobulated because all the other things, it's like you took the bottom layer of your Lego castle out and all of the pieces fell and you're like, Oh my God, now what? But now I feel like I understand myself so much better. Like I never understood how people talked about like just knowing in your gut. I was like, what is that? Like, the only thing I feel in my body is severe anxiety. And now I don't have any anxiety. <laughs> Which just... can be
1: confused for gut knowing.
0: <laughs> yeah. But like, I used to suffer with like crippling anxiety and I don't anymore, like at all. Oh. And I just, I like know things and I, I don't doubt myself as much. And I only want to be around people who are like, if I'm tired and I'm with someone and I can't say I liked this, but now I'm going to go now. Like, people who are offended, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure you're nice, but we can't be friends because <laughs> I have to be able to be honest. Yes. You know? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's hard because people are so used to people pleasing and, you know, like fitting into something that when they actually start being themselves, it's terrifying. So, it whether is. it's like coming out or your human design, like if you find out your projector and you're like, oh my God, I've been waiting for this, you know, invitation to be able to like, just rest when I need to. And you start telling people and then you're like, oh my God, but I can't say that to people. Like, what if people find out, you know? Like, that's what I felt at first. I was like, what if people know that I want to have a nap instead of talk to them? What will they think of me?
1: You know, but, but it's funny, you know, Brene Brown talks about how the opposite of belonging is fitting in.
0: Mm, yeah. yeah.
1: And yet we're all hardwired to want that love and connection and to belong. And so like, why do you think we abandon ourselves from such a young age? It's like, oh, if I think these parts of myself are unacceptable to my parents or my loved ones, I'm going to lose that love and connection if I show up as who I am. So I'm just going to shove all those things down here and develop a personality that's acceptable to everyone Mm -hmm. around me and develop behaviors and make decisions that are in alignment with what I'm being told I should do to receive belonging and acceptance. And that mask is heavy. It's really heavy. And at a certain point, you got to put it down or you're going to kind of be forced to put it down a little bit. Yeah, Things might fall apart that would kind of force that mask off, right? And it feels really scary at first because the fear is losing that love and belonging. It's like, oh my God, what if people knew that I this, that, the other thing? And there's a thousand reasons and a thousand ways that we internalize messaging that we shouldn't be who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for people who like come out later in life, there's a whole process of like, why didn't I just let myself be who I was for so long and an unpacking of like, you know, where did that messaging come from? Where did I internalize that this wasn't okay? Or why didn't I trust myself sooner? Or, you know, mm-hmm. this, that, the other. And ideally at a certain point, that piece that you're talking about kind of takes the place of the anxiety of just being who you are. And it becomes a like, okay, I'm just going to have a grace and love and compassion for myself and all of the people that I was and all the things that I had to do to feel like I was, could survive and belong mm-hmm. and be accepted and have community and connection. And, and I'm going to celebrate myself for the courage to start telling the truth, you know, cause it takes, it takes courage every single time, Oh yeah, every single time. Yeah. Yeah ideally over time, it becomes less of an effort to say the thing. It's like, it doesn't catch in your throat quite as long before it falls out of your mouth. Um, but you know, I think that there, there's people don't talk about the grief, I think that comes with the journey of discovering yourself. And again, whether, like you said, it's a, a coming out journey or it's a discovering who you are. I mean, when I first looked at my human design chart and I saw like the purpose markers there and all these things that I could hear the voices in my head that had told me for so long that this quality that was being reflected back to me from my design was bad. And the language that was used about it, the judgmental language that had been used about it. And then hearing the gift of that quality reflected. I mean, I cried through this entire workshop that I took when I first learned about my chart, because I was like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not bad. I'm not wrong. Like this was all just some other misunderstanding and misinterpretation that someone else tried to hand me, but there was never anything wrong with me. And that's something that I hear so often from clients is like, I feel like you just gave me a permission slip to be myself. And as a coach and a guide, like that's one of the greatest things anyone could ever say to me, because I think the more we give ourselves permission to be who we are, then we're bringing our gifts to the world. Then we are as they say in spiritual circles, right? It's like, you shine your light, you give other people permission to do the same. It's like, we're lighting up the world, right? We're the torch bearers being like, it's okay to be who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, getting rid of all that internalized conditioning about how we should or shouldn't be, it's, it's a tricky process. And there's grief involved and there's courage involved and a whole bunch of other things. And it's a journey. It's very much a journey.
0: Yeah, there is so much grief. And I think Also, like, one of the things in mind was, like, I'm an experimenter. I'm using these words wrong, I'm sure. But
1: I want um, to see your chart so bad. I'm like, I should have sent it to you before this. (laughs) We can do a whole um, other podcast episode and just, like, construct your chart if you (laughs) want. I would love that.
0: Um, Just in front of everyone, tell me all the things about it. Sometimes
1: it helps people to be like, what does this look like in the real world? And it's like, yeah.
0: Okay. we'll we'll do a part two for anybody who is listening. Okay. So, but one of the things is like about being an experimenter and like trying things out. And I've always, always like my absolute life motto is fuck around and find out. Like that's always been how I feel. And I went through this grief, especially with the coming out. And then I was like, why did I like, I had this part of the process where I thought if I would have just known sooner then I would have saved all of this heartbreak for all of these other people. And Definitely. then I was like, well, no, actually, because then I never would have had my kids. And like, people say, marry your best friend, and that's what I did. Like, I a little bit misunderstood, because you know there was other things. But, but, I like last night, our son's um, teacher emailed. We were having family supper, anyways, and we just like we sat and we workshopped it. We talked it through with him, and like, did this whole big parenting thing in the moment. And that was like the thing I thought we were going to miss. And I was like, oh, we're still doing it. Like we just had to remap it for ourselves. And he's still my best friend. And I still like, he gets me. And so I actually don't have any regrets about it. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm like, should I feel bad that I don't regret it? And then also I'm like, no, because we all like so many things could have happened. Right. I didn't like, have an affair and break our trust or any of that shit I just was like oh hey (laughs) late memo on the sitch (laughs) (laughs) PSA, public service announcement (laughs) yeah this just in yeah this this just in (laughs) yeah via via COVID and TikTok
1: oh Um, man yeah
0: yeah it's it's so interesting and I think that a lot of people especially when they're trying to like figure stuff out about themselves and they like dip a toe in and then they're like oh never mind yeah but then you can't stop thinking about it so you have to go back right it's like
1: it's the thing that won't leave you alone yeah when there's a thing that won't leave you alone there's some truth in there for you to pay yeah you know did you ever see the movie sliding doors with Gwyneth Paltrow no so sliding doors is this movie that showcases Gwyneth Paltrow's character And it literally shows you like two different plot lines. One that is initiated by her making a train and one with this small little thing of if she missed the subway, she bumped into someone on the way. And when she got there, the doors had closed and she missed the train. And this movie literally follows her life with these two different plot lines of what happens if she gets on the train and what happens if she misses it. And her life diverges in such a crazy way because her character, when she makes the train, ends up getting home at a time and discovering that her husband is having an affair. Mm. And that changes her whole life, right? But when she missed the train, she never walked in on them, right? So then you see how, and I just love this as an analogy because I think we do this to ourselves all the time. We're like, oh man, I wish I had just like a crystal ball that would show me if I made this decision, my life would go this way. And if I made this decision, it would go that way. And then I can make an informed choice and make sure that I'm like doing the best thing for me, right? Well, I don't want to spoil the movie, but it's from like the '90s. So if you haven't seen, I'm going to spoil it for you now. Skip ahead a minute if you don't want to (laughs) spoil. What's so amazing about that movie, though, is that one way or another, her character kind of ends up in the same place. She just takes Uh, a different route to get there. Yeah, and I kind of love. I kind of have chills right now because I think that what's been getting me through, and and has gotten me through a lot of those kind of burning everything down, rising from the ashes moments is like, really that reminder of like, what's for you is for you. Like, you're Mm -hmm. not going to miss your destiny. If you're meant to have a certain experience, if you're meant to be a certain person or do a certain thing, you can't mess it up. (laughs) Like, yeah, there's a different path to get there. Like choose your own adventure. Right. But the ending is going to be the same. And because this is your journey, like this is what you came, and so You know, I think that that's helpful sometimes also in the context of like, God, I'm just, I'm so worried I'm making all the wrong choices or I have all this regret. Like if I had just done it this way, I would have ended up over there. And it's like, no, you made the choices that you made for a reason. And your life turned out along this path the way it did now. And, and here you are. And if you weren't Mm -hmm. here, you wouldn't have had these 10 things. And I've been kind of in a process lately of just like choosing not to regret, you know, Cause I think I had a lot of regret for a long time of like, similar to what you said, of I would have hurt fewer people or, you know, this would have happened or that would have been easier, but it's like, you don't know that <laughs> you would have just had, maybe you would have just had different hardships because that's yeah. like, you, know, you would have had different hardships along your journey and you would have had different plot points now, but you'd still be you and you'd still be on whatever this path of life that you're on is. And so it's just about the next right thing again. <laughs>
0: yes. Right. keeps coming back to that, but I really like what you're talking about, like getting to the same place. Like you can't miss what's for you. I think so many people feel this like panic that like they missed it or life is going too like, you know, they're too old or they're too, yeah. Or like they're too drowning in children or they're too this or that or the other thing, you know, but I get that. Like when my kids were little, like I had so many babies, like I, I couldn't even see Like I was looking back and I was like, I don't change any diapers anymore. And I used to change like, I don't know, 30 a day, like poop and diapers was a very big part of my life. And now it's just 50% of your time. Right. (laughs) But like when I see young, like people with younger kids now,
1: yeah and people
0: used to always say to me like oh cherish this time blah 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 like all this like bullshit and I wanted to be like punch the punch that Karen in the, right in the face you cherish it, it you come okay, over
1: to my yeah. house and take all the diapers and you cherish yeah! it yeah
0: I hated that but now I just I'm like whenever I see them and I like I feel like it's not like a shitty time to talk I'm always like you're gonna survive this yeah you know like okay and I like people, some people say, oh, I miss the baby stage so much. I don't at all. Oh my God. That was so hard. It was so yeah. hard. And now I get to like know their personalities and like learn about them. And they teach me things. And I'm like, this shit's where it's at. Like, just, it's I know, up. I know I'm being naive because I haven't reached teenager yet. And people are going to be like, just
1: you wait, but
0: just let me enjoy
1: people it. You still do that to me. Yeah. I, uh, one of my oldest is nine and a half. And people are like, just wait till you get to the teenager stage. I'm like, thank you. I will wait. I appreciate <laughs> you trying to like. Ahead to that stage though, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: But I think it's just—it's so cool. Like, I do—I have like a lot of like, oh, am I going to fuck my kids up? I know everybody has that, but especially because I'm like, I don't want to like impart things on them that they're going to have to like rediscover about themselves in their thirties. But also, I'm like, well, I'm only just doing the best I can. Like, how am I supposed to manage that? I'm always like, be yourself, but like, also like fight against you know,
1: the man, but also like listen to your teacher, like, oh my God, know, it's right? so much. You know, what made me feel better about that recently is every new generation inherits literally a different world than you had when you were growing up. So like yeah, you were being raised, there were all these things that you look back and you're like, I'm going to change all these things for my kids. Right. And then you do to a certain extent. And look, we end up passing down some of the stuff we inherited, even if it's just a little bit, because it's what we know and we do our best and whatever. But then the reason that there's always a disparity and kind of a butting heads between parents and children is because they're like 10 steps ahead of whatever world we were living in when we were growing up. So there's literally right. there's literally a new set of circumstances <laughs> that they're being yeah. raised in. and a new idea. I mean, God, when I, when we were growing up, you know, the the gender spectrum and the spectrum of sexuality and all of the, you know, like the things that were like culturally acceptable when we were growing up are like horrifying to look back and watch now. And we didn't think anything of it. No. You no, know, when it was happening, we were like, that's normal. Yeah. And now we look back and we're like, how did that person just say that on television? Like it was nothing. Like imagine what was happening behind closed doors if they were talking like that on in public, right? But that was the norm back then. And yeah. so we had to evolve ourselves past that point. But now our kids are going to evolve into the next level. And so of course they're going to butt heads with us at a certain point because we're back over here. We're like, look at all this progress we made for you. <sighs> we're trying to get over there. You know? Yeah, And that's how it's supposed to be. So I'm like, you know what? I don't understand the context of everything that they're going to be evolving through because we, our generation had our own journey of evolution. And then they're, we're like passing the baton. And there is a certain extent to which we're not going to be able to understand everything that's theirs to do the same way. Our parents couldn't understand us half the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That made me feel better. I was like, well, there's only so far we can take them anyway, or we can so much. We yeah. can do with the limitations of our own consciousness compared to theirs because they're literally growing up in a different time and a different cultural zeitgeist, you know?
0: Yo. And it's so different. Like mm-hmm. I even think like, I thank God there was no cell phones when I was a teenager. Like, Oh my God. I don't even know. Thing I
1: regret for them, I'm like, I wish we could just like take away the technology for your childhoods, right? <laughs>
0: like my son already, he's nine, and he's like, everyone has a phone except for me. I'm like, okay, and that
1: shall continue. Thank you for also holding out. My children also do not. And oh I'm my god, like, and I will die on this hill. Oh my god, me too. I'm like, no, you're not I'm, getting. A I'm holding phone. out as long as I possibly can. I'm like, yeah. This is
0: not- oh, I know my daughter's seven and she wants her own YouTube channel. I said, not, not, absolutely not. Never. No. I'm like, when you're 18, you give her a baby. Make She's your like, own you're mean. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I am mean. Now but my someday. daughter,
1: when I'm 18 and get my own cell phone, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, great. When you're 18, give you do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I will oh. say too, human design has been hugely helpful for me in terms of knowing my kids' mm-hmm. energy design and and I've heard so many other parents say this as well, because, you know, your kids are different humans, you know, like they each have their own needs, they each have their own. And I think as they get older, you really starts to shine, right? Like their distinct yeah. personalities and their distinct, you know, ways of functioning and interests and how their energy flows. But I I remember actually, I did a whole like family consultation for somebody who has like six kids and I did a whole thing for like her and her partner and then each of their children. And she literally changed the configuration of how her kids sleep because of like their energy needs and, and which other person would allow them to like get the best rest or, you know, instead of pushing this kid to always be coming with to the family activities and why aren't you participating? You know, maybe if they say they need to stay home and be by themselves and have some space for a little while, maybe I can honor that. Or, you know, in small ways, it's like, really helping understand where some of these needs are coming from, because a lot of times we're only looking at it from our perspective, or from how our energy functions. And if we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I function this way, but my kid functions that way. And if I can support them in their emotional needs, or their energetic needs, or, you know, whatever else, it's like, it's a really cool thing to look at like family dynamics around. that.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's really interesting. I just know, like the main types for my kids, but I already I'm like, like the two younger are to both two girls and they're both Manny Jens and they're just like constant. Ooh. Oh my God. their room is a disaster <laughs> every day. Cause they're always making crafts and then starting another craft and doing another thing. And then my son, yeah. Oh, can, it's always a mess. And then my son is a projector and me and him are like in bed with tea and like, right. And being quiet. Oh my God. It's so I mean, quintessential. It's so funny though. And uh-huh. just like, Letting them, I'm like, okay. Like when my son says he's he's almost never sick, but there'll be mornings he wakes up and he's like, I can't, and yeah. he will like he's like, I will not go to school. You cannot make me. And I used to fight to the death with him about. It. I'm like, you're not sick, you're going to school. And now I'm like, oh, he just needs a day. And by halfway through the day, he's like, okay. I'm like, right 100%. back at it. And I'm like, oh, you needed a rest. Huh? How revolutionary that you needed a fucking day off. Like, uh huh.
1: We and don't then- do that in this house. <laughs> no, taser, Right? No for the wicked. <laughs> but the girls don't ever ask for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have different needs. It's really wild on such a basic level. And I mean, once you start getting into the layers of it, it's really, really fascinating about how all those things weave together. Like, um you know, I I always tell people like, start with your type and strategy and then move into like the centers, the centers of the chart relate to the chakras and whether they're open or defined in your chart will tell you about like the unique way you run that type of energy. Mm -hmm. And um, whether you're like taking in energy around from your environment and being influenced by that, or whether your energy functions on an internal level in a specific way with that type of energy. And, and that's a place where people get a lot out of like, oh, I was always called the drama queen in my house and told I was so hyper emotional, but actually I had an open emotional center and I was super empathic. And I was just amping up all the emotional energy in my house and mirroring back to my family, how wildly emotional they were being. And so I was called the drama queen, but really I'm just an empath. And so like that mindset shift around like, Oh, this is how I function. And somehow how I was judged or labeled was never true about me and again these are just ways we start to like shed that conditioning right um and then so I tell people like type and strategy then look at your centers and then go into your profile which starts telling you about like the qualities and characteristics that you walk through life with and what makes you feel safe and your style of making change and learning and things like that like when you were talking about I'm an experimenter and you know my my motto is fuck around and find out I'm like I bet I know what your profile line is based on that alone. Um, you know, cause it's like, there are some people who learn and gain their wisdom from experience. And there are some people who learn and gain their wisdom from like books and learning and two very different styles, but you both yeah. kind of, you know, like, and when you know that about yourself, if you were raised in a family that like criticized you for failing or making mistakes all the time, but like the way that you're meant to learn is through trying it and seeing first yeah. and then what you learn and moving on and taking that into the next thing but you're so afraid to make a mistake that you won't try anything. You're like going against your nature, you know? So like, it's all these little ways, again, they all just kind of layer on each other. And then we get into purpose and all the like little gates and channels and all the nitty gritty details. And it's all just fun. I could talk about it forever, but you know, I I think that if people like dip their toe in and start learning about this part and then that part, and, and it all just kind of paints a bigger picture of, of some of the ways that you're designed to function. And it's really cool to see. So. I love that. Okay.
0: So I always ask at the very end of podcasts, if there is somebody who's in the ashes right now, like shit's not working or they're about to light the match. Is there a piece of advice based on like what you do that you can give them of like, if you had to hand them a lifeline, what would it be?
1: I think that sometimes when we're in that part of it, especially when things feel really hard or like you're in that crisis moment, like you talked about everything, like I feel like we all end up having those moments where you just like shake your fist at the sky and you're like, why? Like, what is the point of any of this? And like, why does it have to be so hard? And I think that one of the reasons that I love astrology and I love human design is it helps to give people context for these moments. Mm -hmm. Like, the like there is a bigger picture like this is a moment of your life and it feels like everything right now because you're in the thick of it and like you can't see the forest through the trees when you're in it and you know I sometimes think it's not going to be till any of us are like 85 and we look back on our whole life and we're like ah, oh, now I see <sighs> why like this happened and it led to this and it looks like we don't have context for the full journey of our life right now you know but I just, I, I think especially my clients who've come to me in a big life disruption, who are really in it and like in a massive life cycle of disruption or whatever, like talking about the themes of this time and, you know, what you're meant to learn through it and why this might be happening and how you can continue to come back to yourself through it and let go of some of the shame, the blame, the regret, and just to be like, okay, this is a really hard moment. Mm -hmm. and I know that I'm going to understand it better on the other side but I won't necessarily right now and so you know kind of like I said at the beginning it's like just do the next right thing like Mm -hmm. know how through your connection to your deepest truest knowing find a way in this process to trust yourself so that you can know that each decision this little decision that you make is going to build on the the next one and the next one and the next one and you're going to come out the other side of it. And mm-hmm. one day you're going to look back with perspective, but just to know that like, this is just one moment in your life and you're going to have context for it later, but it matters and you matter. And as much as you can stay in touch with yourself and trust that like, it's your journey and it's happening for a reason. Although sometimes that can come off as like really spiritually bypassing and I don't like that either. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Yeah. Sad all happening for a reason and it's all going to be okay at the end. And you're like, I hate you. I hate you. This is hard right now. And none of this is for a reason. It's all futile, you know, obviously I've been there a time or two, but like, yeah, I, I, I think it's just remembering, that this is a moment in the greater context of your life. And if if there is a tool like human design or like astrology or if there are people that you have in your life that can like continually reflect you back to you in the highest way possible of like, you've got this, just keep going. Like, you know, to give you context for this moment so that you know that it's not just arbitrary, that you're not living through this hardship for no reason, it it can really, really help. I think the context helps and and just focusing on doing that next right thing. Like you don't have to know what's going to happen. Just keep doing the next right thing. I
0: love so. that. Oh, that was amazing! Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: My and pleasure. I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna email you a link so we can do this again because I think I would that love we to. need a part two. But um, <laughs> if people want to find out more about you and what it is yeah. you do, or even about like if they're like, "What is human design? How do I find that?" Can you yeah. let them know how to contact you and how to find out who they are? Slightly, yes.
1: <laughs> how to find out but let me tell you who you are. No. Um, (laughs) So uh, you can go to my website, first and foremost, betsybatista.com. There is actually a place on uh, my website where you can run your human design chart. If you're like, all right, what is this? And what does my chart look like? Um, There's a link in the top navigation to run your chart and it'll pop up some cool descriptors. I also have like a free report you can download as like an introduction to human design from there. So these are all free resources that you can start with. Um, If you are the kind of person who kind of likes to study about these things and you're like, I kind of want to know or like just dip my toe in and understand the basics. I do have like a self-study course um, that you can get that goes into type centers and profile, which are like the three places that I recommend people start. And it will give you in generalities about anything. So what's cool about a general class is then like, you can run charts for yourself and for your kids and for your parents mm. and for your partner and for your friends. And like, you know, you're getting all the information. So then you can just kind of apply it to everybody and be like, oh my God, my mom is like this and that's why I've been this way my whole life. So if you want to blame your parents for everything, just go take this class. <laughs> just kidding. Half kidding. Um, So there's that. And then if you're like, I want to know about my chart. And I really like, am the kind of person who wants to dive into the deep end and understand some more of those details and have a person who can like contextualize all this for me. um, You can always book a reading with me as well. And we'll take a look at your chart personally. And we can go like bit by bit and do like a technical thing. Or we can talk about life purpose. If you're in a massive cycle of disruption yourself and you're like, I want some of that context, like what is going on in my design? Like, what does any of this mean? We can talk about that. I've had a surprisingly large number of people coming to me and who didn't know they were in the midst of like a big life cycle in their chart. And, and we got to talk through that in a session. So those are some of the resources I'd recommend. Um, you can go to my website, run your chart, download the free report. You can dive in on kind of the, the self-study end with the class, or you can book a reading and we can get personal with it and dive into all the details if you want. And you can also find me on Instagram at Betsy Batista official. And I post some things there about like the transits and also sometimes my thoughts that I'm responding to related to human design in the world. And just another place you can find me.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And I will make sure that those links are in the show notes, but thank you so much. This has been amazing.
1: I loved getting to know you
0: more and chatting about all these things. And Yeah. um, yeah, I can't wait. Make sure that you stick around. We will have round two, probably in a little bit. So um, I am excited and thank you so much. And as always, make sure you share that. This podcast with a friend, especially anybody who is going through it right now and needs a little help and love. And I can't wait to see you next week on Lessons from the Ashes. Of West Rose. Hey, I'm Stephanie Rose and I am the host of the West Rose Media podcast, Lessons from the Ashes. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and on threads and on TikTok and all the places. My handle is at West Rose Media. Check out my website too. There are so many resources for people just like you, people who are climbing out of the ashes, ready to make a new life. I got you, babe. Make sure you follow along. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That way you never miss an episode and I can keep doing the magic. I can't wait to keep going. Let's get into it.